Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Make sure you visit them at the heart of... First in Main Street, excuse me here, Mike Control. What a start to the show, boys. It's good to be back from vacation. <laughs> and welcome in big country. My, my mic was not plugged in. But next up, downtown <laughs> Lube is them right here in the heart of Joplin. First in Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when. You can do that old change in those tire service. Just make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at downtown Lube. And welcome into the show. We appreciate you guys tuning in, plugging in, uh, whatever it is, wherever you are getting your podcast. Could you see uh, me tapping my mic and being like, where's my cord? <laughs> oh, yeah, because um, peek behind the curtain. Like, we use FaceTime. We're not in the same room anymore. So, like, I can see your mouth moving, and I'm like, oh, shit, he has no sound. Like, what What are we going to have to troubleshoot what is this done? time? <laughs> But, no, it's just it's something as simple as the mic this time, which is nice. That's good. <laughs> At least we yeah. got that part figured out. Love it, love it. Yeah, but welcome into the podcast. Big Country is here. He's going to join us tonight as well. Um, a lot going on in the world of the NFL. If I feel like this week we saw just about every team that could change quarterbacks decided, yeah, we're going to go ahead and change quarterbacks. One of those teams, not uh, their idea to change quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, a guy that I think a lot of people have started rooting for or had started rooting for tears his Achilles tendon on Sunday. Now the Vikings are without a quarterback. That's a tough look. I, I, I was definitely one of those people that had started to root for Kirk cousins. And then the Vikings had also started to kind of turn things around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like their season is pretty derailed without Kirk cousins. I, I don't know if they try to go out and trade for some of these other quarterbacks, but they had won three straight games one of those against the 49ers, and then on Sunday they still pick up the W against the Green Bay Packers. They were starting to look pretty good. And now without Kirk Cousins, I just don't know what you have with the Vikings anymore. Yeah, and you, you hate to see it for the Vikings because they did so well in the month of October after a really shaky start to the season. And then you reach this point of like, okay, hey, like Jordan Addison's coming on really strong. TJ Hawkinson's getting more involved in the offense. You get your first rushing touchdown of the season with Cam Akers on a, a decent run up the middle. And then you're in a spot where you're winning the football game, and boom, Kirk Cousins goes down. And you really just hate to see it, especially for a guy like Kirk, because I feel like everyone's kind of starting to become a fan of him and realize that, mm-hmm. you know, Kirk Cousins is just a little bit of a cornball, but at the same time, we kind of love it because the guy keeps making plays. He's tough as hell, and he's just he's a hard guy to hate. I mean, it's really what it is. You know, like if you don't like Kirk Cousins, like maybe look at yourself in the mirror because he's really not doing anything wrong long to to grant people to not like him and so for him to have this injury especially at his age last year of a contract too with the vikings the questions were already kind of there of like you know mm-hmm. what are the vikings going to do going forward do you resign kirk does he go look for a fresh start again somewhere and now you're you're dealing with this injury especially what he's 34 35 years old i think he's kind of sneaky old so it's that stinks as well 
So I, I really don't like that. But at the same time, if the Vikings go trade for a quarterback, I don't really know who's out there for you to go trade for that's got to make a difference and come in and make an immediate impact for you in this division. Because really it's just mm-hmm. it's the Lions. Like this division is the Lions right now. Like the Packers, they can't do anything on offense. It doesn't matter who's out there. And they can't stay healthy either. So it really just kind of came down mm-hmm. to the Vikings and the Lions. Now Kirk Cousins gone. This is the Lions division to lose. Yeah, it probably was before that. It's like the Kirk Cousins stuff. It's so weird because there was all these talks about them trading him. Like, oh, what team's going to go after Kirk Cousins? And then the Vikings start actually winning games. Like, okay, maybe they could be buyers at the NFL trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot, so much has changed in the NFL over the last couple weeks that even like a team like the 49ers is what Kirk Cousins makes me think of because everybody thought. Like, this might be a landing spot for him. And, and in the offseason, I, I already saw people saying, like, hey, maybe Kirk Cousins goes to the 49ers where Kyle Shanahan absolutely loved him uh, when he was with the Washington Redskins. Now you have to wonder about Kirk Cousins' future as well. Like, a year from now, is he going to be ready to go? Is he going to be ready to play? I know we're seeing it with Aaron Rodgers right now where he's out throwing the ball around, and it looks like his yeah, recovery is going to be quick. But drops. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe if you're Kirk Cousins, you call up Rodgers and you're like, what are, what are you doing? What is working mm-hmm. for you so well? Because I want to get on that path too. Because, I mean, Rodgers is toying around with the idea of playing again this season. Mm-hmm. So for Kirk Cousins, it sucks. Because he was, he was in line to make a, a pretty big chunk of change. I think he was he's going to be a free agent, right? Yeah, I believe so. And you, know, you, you brought up the 49ers with this too. And you know they're kind of not looking so hot the last couple of weeks. And granted, part of that's without Debo mm-hmm. Samuel. Christian McCaffrey was down for a week, too. You know, at the end of a game, it just didn't look good. Brock Purdy didn't play this weekend. Um, and you're sitting here looking at the 49ers going, like, are they any good? You know, was this just kind of a, a true recipe for success with these guys? But at the moment you miss one, there's not that next man to step up. And some, I think it was somebody had mentioned on the 49ers said, like, we're not going to miss a beat, you know, with, with Sam Donald coming in to play quarterback. Well, it looks like mm-hmm. he missed a little bit of a beat there. Um, do you think Brock Purdy's any good? What are you looking at the 49ers? What are your thoughts there? It's just tough. Like, when you look at the 49ers and you look at who they have beat versus who they've lost to, they beat some not great football teams. And, mm-hmm. like, even week one, like, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers always play a little bit better than they are because of Mike Tomlin. I don't think that's a very good football team. The Rams in week two, I don't think that's a good football team. Then they have the Giants and the Cardinals. Those are bad football teams. Then they beat the Cowboys. And after that Cowboys win, I think that was even the podcast where I said, like, okay, the 49ers are good. That, that's a good football team. They're 5-0. and Brock Purdy's looking good. Kiss of death. Then, yep. And then we had the last three weeks where they looked awful. Now, losing to the Browns, you just can't do that. Losing to the Vikings, probably shouldn't have done that. And then they lose to the Bengals, Bengals on Sunday, which is not a bad loss because the Bengals are starting to roll. But they just didn't look good. They didn't look like a team that should be competing. Like I was saying, like for the Super Bowl, like, hey, this is one of the top four teams in the NFL. They just don't look like it anymore. And I, I think that with Brock Purdy, I think we're finally starting to see it. The uh, the NFL is catching up to him. To, and I know a lot of people really like him. I never really have. The two interceptions were pretty bad. You can look at the box score, and he threw for 365 yards on Sunday. They were not good yards, and a lot of that was because they were trying to catch up with the Bengals. They were trying to to get a lead. I mean, anytime the 49ers are running the ball, Christian McCaffrey had 12 carries. 
that tells you right there that they were playing from behind a lot. And I, I just don't think I am a believer in Brock Purdy. I had started to turn the corner when they were 5-0. and Now they're sitting here at 5-3, and and I just don't know if Brock Purdy is going to be that dude. Um, maybe this is a situation where you try to bring in Kirk Cousins. Sam, uh, I about said Sam Ponder. Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold is going to start on Sunday. That will be an interesting one. Uh, everybody loves Sam Darnold. I always have. We've always been waiting for him to get that shot. This is it. Like, th- here's your opportunity. You have absolutely everything you need around you to be successful. You've got a great coach, good offensive line, weapons all over the offense. Here's your opportunity if you're Sam Darnold to go make something happen. I don't know if he will, but this is like this is it. No more excuses after this one. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do. I'm still rooting for so Sam you Darnold. Said Sam Darnold I, would, I would like to see him be week? good. Yeah. I guess I missed that news. And clearly, Brock Purdy did play this weekend. I thought I had saw something on Friday with the concussion that he wasn't. I was on vacation. I'll be honest. Quick look. I thought, okay, Brock Purdy's not playing Sunday. No biggie. So when I saw they lost, I was like, oh, well, okay, maybe that was just, you know, no, Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold so will... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take fault there. That's on me. I should have looked at stats before I hopped on the show and decided to bash uh, Sam Darnold. So that was Brock Purdy. We'll see what happens. And maybe we'll I'm wrong. Days. Maybe Sam Darnold's not starting this Sunday. I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that Brock Purdy did not look. Great, and we'll see what happens with Sam Darnold and the 49ers, too. They just they need a big bounce-back game, too, uh, because, yep. they, like I said, they've lost three straight. It, it has not been, it's not been good for, for what they're doing. Um, but looking good on the other side of things, Will Levis. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Will Levis coming out in the draft. I don't remember what you thought of him. I just wasn't a believer in it. You know, there was just so many different reports of, I think it was Dan Orlovsky that was really prominent on um, him actually being an accurate passer and like could make good decisions. I think it was him and Josh Richardson where he, Dan Orlovsky held that take. And I was just kind of remember sitting there thinking, I was like, I don't really know. Like the situation with with Josh Richardson was for me was just more of a situation. Not Josh, God bless it, Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Switch edge into the basketball. Dog. Let me have it. Let me have it. Just <laughs> let me know that I'm wrong. <laughs> but that vacation with Dan Orlovsky. It did, dude. I have been rocked this weekend. Not feeling good. The food, Texas food, for some reason, is low-key spicy. It's like they just think, like, we'll just throw a little bit of jalapeno in here. And that's just you a really good idea. You didn't know that already? And my stomach's just like, that's not a good idea. How about we don't do it? And Texas is like, so you want more jalapeno? And I'm like, no, fucking stop, dude. This sucks. <laughs> Can't trust my toots here. <laughs> I mean, just, ugh. TBH, TMI maybe, but back to this. <laughs> For real. With, <laughs> with Will Levis, it's just a situation of I wasn't necessarily a believer, just, you know, a, a spurt of success at Kentucky, and then you transition to the NFL. I think a lot of people looked at him and was like, man, it's just a big, strong guy. throws the ball really hard. He's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. Some people looked at that, and that's what they ran with. Other people watched game tape and were like, ah, like he doesn't make the right throws. He forces things too much. You never know. You don't really believe in it. I didn't think he was that good at Kentucky anyways. So that was kind of my thoughts coming into that. But with the way that he played this last week, holy smokes, man. I mean, throwing four rip. touchdowns. Yep, getting the ball in your playmaker's hands, you know, and it's not like I'm putting, I'm giving all the praise here to Will Levis because DeAndre Hopkins also made plays after the catch. But, like, mm-hmm. that's what a quarterback's supposed to do. Get the ball to your playmakers and let them go and make things happen. That's what he did, and if, you know, the Titans can find a recipe for success in that, 
then so be it and let it go happen and you move on from Ryan Tannehill because at the same time, that's kind of who Ryan Tannehill was anyways. He's just going to get the ball to guys and let them go make a play and give them an opportunity, and they'd make the most of it. And you'd get to see that with Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown, some of the other guys that they had on the team at times with him. And then if they needed an extra play from Ryan Tannehill, he went and made it. So if you can get that same thing out of Will Levis, we've seen it before that that offense can succeed that way and let the defense just kind of stop the run and make them force other teams to make mistakes and get the ball back to your offense and take time off the clock. The Titans might be a back half season team, and we're sitting here looking at it and be like, all right, hey, like, they're still got a chance here. Yeah. I mean, they're three and four right now. Uh, with Will Levis, throwing four touchdowns is hard to do in the NFL. You don't just stumble upon four touchdowns against any team. However, it was the Falcons that they were playing against. I don't think that's a very good football team either. So I, I started to change and turn on Brock Purdy after you know, a, a full year of saying, like, he's not good, he's not an NFL quarterback. I'm not going to change my tune here with Will Levis. I, I don't think that he's going to be good. Maybe I'll be wrong, but that's okay. I'm, I'm going to stand my ground. I don't think he's good. Congratulations, you threw four touchdowns. I think the Falcons were also thinking that Derrick Henry was just going to run it all day, mm-hmm. and that that's what they were really prepared for. And then you had DeAndre Hopkins uh, with some big plays. I, I So I'm not a believer in Will Levis. I do think that the, the Titans should be shopping Ryan Tannehill, see if you can get a team like the Vikings to try to bite and, and get him. But I, I don't even know if there's uh, much of a market for him. I mean, he was injured this game. That's why he didn't play. I don't know if you can trade him for anything. But his time in Tennessee is definitely done. He is, he's not going to be back there next year. He already, I mean, he was pissed off when they drafted Malik Willis. And now they've drafted Malik Willis and Will Levis to replace him. Like, he, your time's got to be done if you're Ryan Tannehill. Even if you've got to, I don't know what his contract is. I think he might be a free agent. But if he's not, force your way out. Go be a backup somewhere else. Because I, I think that they're going to give Ryan Tannehill... Uh, the boot, and I, I think this is going to be Will Levis's team. I, I know that coming into Sunday, Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans, even said, like, we're going to play both quarterbacks. You didn't really because Will Levis <laughs> looked so good uh, that yeah. Malik Willis barely even saw the field, didn't even see, didn't even have a passing attempt. He, he ran the ball twice. So I, I think this is Will Levis's team, at least going forward. I, I don't think that it's going to be great, but I, I think it's going to be very similar to another team that we see, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Kenny Pickett was hurt. Uh, you had Mitch Trubisky come in. I know you're not a believer in, in Kenny Pickett. I, I also think that we're kind of starting to see teams figure out the Steelers, where they're not yeah. as hot as they used to be anymore. And then you have a quick turnaround with these two teams. The Titans and the Steelers play on Thursday night. It, it sounds like Kenny Pickett might be able to start, might be able to go, or I, I don't know. Just that turnaround from Sunday to Thursday, for one, is stupid. The NFL shouldn't do it, and here's like your prime example is because you have a quarterback that's hurt. He has no time at all to get healthy. It's just not a good move. And even if it's Kenny Pickett, even if he is healthy, I just don't know how good the Steelers are looking right now. I think that's a team that's on the decline that will probably find a way to win nine games this year. Uh, It might not be good, but you're going to find some wins against some bad football teams. Yeah, and the Steelers, like, just all the way around offensively. Like, Najee Harris isn't doing anything carrying the ball. Kenny Pickett's, you know, it just – I don't know if it's the offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's Kenny Pickett because the offense just seems to run in a way of – they're not sure what they think is going to work week in and week out. 
Like, they don't have, you know, a strong side. They don't have a strong suit in their offense. So it's like, well, let's just kind of hope we can maybe get Kenny Pickett rolling early. Maybe we can get Najee, you know, getting some some easy yards to start, and we'll just kind of build off of that as the game goes on. There's not a – we need a big play. We need something to happen. Let's get it to our tight end. Let's get it to George Pickens outside. Let's, you know, a screen to Pickens and let him go. It's just like a eh, – like, we'll just – hopefully we kind of figure it out as the game goes on. And it's just not been working for him. But luckily your defense can make things happen for you and get your offense back in decent field position. So it kind of masks some of those underlying issues that this offense is clearly having for the Steelers. But I just, I, again, don't believe in Kenny Pickett, and that's kind of your problem right here. So if you're Mike Tomlin, you're not going to have a losing season because you've not done it as a head coach. Mm-hmm. But dadgummit, man, you guys need a quarterback. Like You need someone you can truly have be a leader and a guy that this offense trusts and can get behind and lead you forward. And I still don't think Kenny Pickett's that guy. Now, is there some way you trade up in the draft and do that? I don't know how you do when there's already two teams in the league right now that have two first-round picks and are currently sucking right now in the season in the NFL. So yeah. it's going to be hard to get ahead of them for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And one of those teams that you mentioned, there are two teams that are really sucking, the Chicago Bears uh, are very bad, but they also own the Panthers first overall pick, mm-hmm. or first-round pick. And then the Arizona Cardinals, who also made a quarterback change, where they have decided to bench Josh Dobbs, and they're going to go with Clayton Toon as their quarterback I think this is this is tanking. This is what teams do. You turn to these young, unproven players that actually can't play football very well, and you do it with this narrative of, we're going to try to win games, we're going to see what we have with these younger players. No, you're not. You are trying to lose games, so you get the first pick. And right now, if the season ended today, yep. the Arizona Cardinals would have the first pick. Uh, I, I They should have just kept Colt McCoy. I don't know why they really got rid of him. You would have lost almost every game with him as your quarterback. I think fans would probably <laughs> still even be excited to see him play because he was a little bit of a fan favorite. He was definitely a favorite of mine. But they are definitely tanking now. They probably were before the season started. But, I mean, what just a mess of an organization. That They need to just start over. Sell the team. Start over. Maybe move them. Move them back to St. Louis and call them the Cardinals again. That is the maybe the worst franchise in all of football. It's not good. And I think Kyler Murray is fully healthy. They just didn't play him this week. So for you to come out and be like, hey, you know, we're going to play Toon. Clayton Toon's going to be our starters. Okay, what about Kyler? You know, we just said last mm-hmm. week he's fully healthy. So you're going to have a fully healthy Kyler Murray who's getting paid tons of money. And you're not going to do anything with him. Maybe the Vikings well, are looking at that. I was like, actually, we'll take Kyler Murray and see what we can do with that because we're not going to be paying Kirk anymore after this. So maybe that's a, a possibility there. You know, we just figured it out right here on Mic'd Up. So you're welcome, everybody else. But at the same time, if you're the Cardinals, it's like, yeah, you guys do stink and you're not even trying to be good. That's just annoying. I don't like the tanking in the NFL. I think it's stupid, especially when it's someone known for these quarterbacks now in college football that are going, yeah, I'm making just as much money here as I would with you guys. I'd rather stay here and have a chance to be good in college football and another year older and be even better than I was before and still make the same amount of money. Yeah, that's good for me. But a guy who did not look good this last weekend, and you have it here in the rundown as did not have a flu game, that is Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not going to sit here and shit talk Patrick Mahomes, but I am going to be a little bit honest with it. We can't keep relying on this guy to make every damn play for the Chiefs. And, Pat, you also got to realize, like, you can't make every damn play for the Chiefs. Sometimes just make the right play and just get it to somebody and let them go. But I'm also going to defend him with it because you can't get the ball to anybody because these receivers can't get open down the freaking field. 
I'm like, I'm about to go homer mode here because you look at this Kansas City Chiefs offense, and we came into the season being like, this might be the best receiving core the Chiefs have had in Mahomes' era. I said that. Those words came out of my mouth. It came out of everyone else's mouth as well. This team stinks right now at the wide receiver position. <laughs> Rasheed Rice, hey, there's some bright moments there. I love the kid, but Dad Gummy, he also knows how to drop a ball pretty damn well on a key big play where it's like, we could use this. Another guy that's really good at that might be an all-pro at it, Sky Moore. What a waste of a freaking pick that kid has been. <laughs> I mean, it is driving me freaking nuts. And oh, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Travis Kelsey's going to be Travis Kelsey. I get it. Why are we going to a World Series game on Friday? Mm, mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a little, like, kind of suspicious, kind of a little questioning. Like, why are we deciding to go do that when we got a game in two days in Denver yeah. and your quarterback's got the flu? Like, I, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Not that big of a deal, but just like, damn, guys, come on. I love the Chiefs. I don't know if I love them, but I like them. I'm in like with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But I also know a lot of their fans, and I see a lot of their stuff on Twitter. I think the Chiefs fans ha- are some of the worst in the NFL. I think they always have been. I think they are still very bad. So I saw a lot of people talking about Travis Kelsey of like, it doesn't matter. He's got a private jet. Who cares if he's at the World Series game on Friday? He's ready to play on Sunday. It's a bad look. It's a bad look for anybody, but Travis Kelsey's so in the spotlight of everything right now. It's a bad look to be at the World Series, and I get it because I would have, I would have loved to have been at the World Series. You were there, um, but it's just, it's mm-hmm. not a good look to be at the World Series on a Friday night and then trying to turn around and play a game the the next Sunday, and then when you come out and you play like garbage, it's tough to do. I mean, maybe if he would have played well on Sunday, it would have been nothing. But he didn't play well on Sunday. The Chiefs didn't play well. And I do think that a lot of Chiefs fans have to own up to this. one. Like, hey, buddy, you shouldn't have been at a bar after the World Series game dancing to a Taylor Swift song. Now, you know every camera is on you right now. You know all eyes are on you right now. And it's just that was a mistake on his part. And then Patrick Mahomes trying to play through the flu game. I was one of those people that was like, oh, snow game plus flu game? Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 400 yards. Like, I thought this was going to be an easy win for the Chiefs. It was not. I couldn't even watch the game. It was tough. And the interceptions are bad. The offensive line was bad. The whole offense was terrible. I mean, the Dolphins put up 70 points on this Broncos defense. The Chiefs put up nine. I hope this was a situation where they just really overlooked the Broncos and got beat very badly. 24 to nine should not happen. Hopefully the Chiefs can bounce back, but I was a big believer. Like I said, I thought that we were going to have his flu game, his Michael Jordan flu game, and also everybody talking about like the snow game. Right? Patrick Mahomes is a snow game guy and all that stuff. It didn't work. And also, shame on you, Denver. Don't show me pictures of a snow-covered field and then melt it all off. That is That should be illegal. Yes. And I, I actually mean illegal. You should not be able to do that. I got my hopes up. And then I tune into the game, kickoff, no snow. Bullshit. Yep. They have five miles of piping underneath the field that radiates heat so the snow melts. And the grounds crew was there since 3 a.m. scraping it off. They had to scrape it off five times. Hey, no, don't scrape to. it off. Go to bed. There's no need to be up at 3 a.m., you freaking psychos. Yeah. The field's hey, fine. Do you know what the Denver Broncos Stadium and your mom have in common? They both have five Say miles again, of piping sir, your underneath. Your microphone's kind of cutting out. 
I said, do you know what your mom and the Denver Broncos Stadium have in common? They both have five miles of piping underneath them. <laughs> I, I hate the snow game thing, though. It, just don't tweet out the pictures anymore. Don't tell me that there's going to be yeah. snow and there's not snow. Don't get my hopes up for a snow game and then melt it all off. Like, Denver, shame on you. Green Bay does this all the time. Buffalo does this all the time. You built your stadiums and your franchises in cities where it's going to snow. You should not be able to put heaters on the field. You should have to play in those elements or build a dome. You, you don't get the both best of both worlds. Or at least just leave yeah. me out of it. Don't tweet any pictures. I completely agree with you. Let's head off into the college football realm where Jim Harbaugh was offered a contract extension, but then Michigan rescinded the offer, allegedly. Now we're back to a little snip-snap situation of Jim Harbaugh mm -hmm. in Michigan. Are they cheating? Are they not cheating? Is Jim Harbaugh fired? Is he not fired? Are they going to extend him? Are they not going to extend him? Is he going to get a pay raise? Just kidding. How about a pay cut? Go be Ohio State two years in a row. We'll give you another extension. Oh, you're cheating? Never mind. Michigan, what do you want? Like You can make a scene here with a notebook of Jim Harbaugh on top of uh, – What's your name? And then Michigan on top of what's his name and just be like, what do you want? I wish I knew yeah. that Rachel McAdams and hit me with the other one. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. That's right. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a terrible corner. Great actor. Yes. Freaking liability. Yeah. I don't know what's the what's going on with the whole Michigan thing. It did sound like, according to people in the know, that Jim Harbaugh was – had a contract extension. It was like, could have signed the contract. And then Michigan said, wait a second. We, you have some stuff going on here behind the scenes. We need to take a look at this contract <laughs> and see what's going on over here first before we actually sign anything. And as of like um, over the summer in the spring, I think he was probably due an extension of, hey, I've outplayed this contract. You guys had me take a pay cut when things were not great. They are great now. I should be paid. And I, he deserved it. But now with the scandals, the, the lying to investigators, and now this whole spying situation, it's just really weird. And the more I look into it, like I, I think I'm just buying into the hype of making this scandal more than it is. I, like we talked about last week, like you still have to be able to execute plays and, and stop people. Even if you know what's going on, you still have to be able to stop them. But some of the videos... Some of the videos are getting me. When you have the defensive coordinator and your sign stealer right next to each other, and it's the Ohio State clip where Ohio State makes an audible, and you see everybody on the Michigan sideline like pointing to the sky like, hey, we know what they're going to do. Go stop this yeah. play. That's a little bit shady. Like That's a little Houston Astros to me. I completely agree, and I know exactly what clip you're talking about because when I saw it, I was like, ooh, yeah, that's kind of hard to defend that one. But mm -hmm. I'm gonna because I <laughs> figured out. You know what I mean? Like if they're gonna yeah. cheat, so should you. Like, come on, Ohio State. Like, sorry, yeah. you're just not good enough cheaters. And you know what? I feel like Ohio State's kind of shady, anyways. Maybe they have been cheating this whole time, and we just haven't figured out how yet. I mean, under Jim Tressel, they were getting like benefits that they shouldn't have. They got hit with some sanctions. So I mean, like if you really dove into any successful college football program, any of them, even go to Georgia right now. 
you're going to find something that's not right. Something that they could get hit for sanctions on. I mean, it was not that long ago Tennessee was giving players McDonald's bags full of cash. Like we've all just kind of ignored <laughs> that now. Or, you know, there's just there's something that goes on at every university. I don't think that our school is above the rest. Like Texas is definitely shelling out a lot of money for players. I think that it's probably through NIL now, but I, I'll guarantee they've got some stuff that's a little shady. I remember uh, Chris Sims in the Bleacher Report days was talking about getting $100 handshakes. Uh, that was a segment that we used on Stick to Football. It's still something that I use. Getting $100 handshakes from boosters. Like, shut up, Chris. What are you What are you trying to do? Bring down the program? Kick them while they're down? You went to school there, douche. Like, <laughs> shut your mouth or give the money back or just please shut your mouth so that they don't get hit with any recruiting violations. So I'm sure that every, everyone, Georgia probably has something. Alabama definitely did. Like, listen to some of these old guys talk about how, like, everybody had a Dodge Challenger at Alabama. Like, everybody has something going on. I'm sure Texas does. I'm sure Ohio State does. The Michigan one, like, right now they're just caught. It, it's, it reminds me a lot of the Patriots as well. Like when everybody thought they were spying and then, you know, other teams are like, yeah, we're kind of doing some of that same stuff too. We're deflate gate trying to blame Tom Brady for, uh, having footballs that weren't inflated enough. Teams get good. I, I don't know that this is really making them good. It just, it does feel a little bit scummy when you see all the video or like, um, oh gosh, I can't think of her name, but she, her, her Halloween costume was the Hamburglar. And she had, like, the play calls, and she had the yeah, hamburger uh, bag. Aguilar, Aguilar. Yeah, that, she's hilarious. It, that was Social media look. crush. Because the, the play call sheets are hand signals for some of these guys. Also, shout out to the technology. To be able to zoom in on some of this stuff and be like, that's the sign stealer guy. Let's zoom in on him and see what he has, what, what's on his play call sheet, and all this stuff. Like, the local banks, I don't know if you follow Facebook very much, and you see some of these crimes that are reported. How come banks still don't have good cameras? Like you get an iPhone 14 and you can zoom in from the, the upper deck from 500 feet away. And you can zoom in and steal signals. Or you can just take a picture off the internet and zoom in and see what's on a play call sheet. But we can't get good cameras in a bank where there's thousands of dollars. Maybe you are the guy to talk to on this one. Like, what's the deal? <laughs> Banks do have really good cameras. It's just a pixelated picture is kind of put out there for the public. So it's also, if other people are stupid enough to go rob the bank, it's like, <laughs> hey, like, we got you. You know, it's more of a trick. It's also just kind of like a, hey, we're just kind of looking for these features. Did anyone see this person anywhere else wearing this? Because, like, you pretty much have the face. Like, if you if you had the face, you'd clear it up and you'd uh -huh. find them that way. But other than that, it's like you just kind of need to make out – the public just kind of needs to make out what the person's wearing or what they got on. But uh -huh. the cameras are pretty good. So Interesting. All right. Well, thanks for clearing that up for me. Then I'll You're stop welcome. complaining also, about – Also, don't rob banks. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like don't living. do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, good football, I don't know how to segue to that one. KU is looking very good. They beat Oklahoma this weekend, which was about time. I don't like for me, I'm watching the game and I, I have the box score pulled up and everything. 
at first, anytime I see Oklahoma losing, it's like, yes, this is awesome. I love it. But on the flip side for this one, it's like, it's Kansas. I don't love them. But also, as a Texas fan, kind of needed OU to win this game. But it is cool for KU. And I, I like their coach, Leopold. I think that he's done a wonderful job to where Kansas is no longer one of those schools that's only good for basketball. I think we've tried to make it happen with schools like uh, Kentucky. We've tried to make it happen with um, Michigan State even a little bit every once in a while, but they're yeah. pretty scummy too. Uh, and then just some of these other blue buds, Duke, like Duke at football, there for a little bit this year. They looked like they were good. I think Kansas is an actually pretty good football program because they've got one hell of a coach, and they better lock him up. I don't, I don't care what kind of contract. Give him one of those Bill Self lifetime contracts because he is going to be the most sought-after head coach in college football based off what he's built at Kansas in just a few years. He's done one hell of a job. They better find a way to keep him, or they're going to go back to being a basketball school. Right now, they're in it for the Big 12. They will go back to being a basketball school as soon as that coach leaves. They better find a way to pay him and lock him up for a long time. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. And, you know, Kansas is one of three universities to have teams ranked in football, basketball, and volleyball. Those three schools are Kansas, Tennessee, and Texas. Yeah. You're I'm proud of that if you're surprised. Kansas. Like, <laughs> like if yeah. you're Kansas, you're like, damn, <laughs> look at us go. Now, we're, right granted, we're ranked SEC 22nd. Schools. Yep, we're, <laughs> we're ranked 22nd in uh, football, but, hey, we're still ranked and we're but, still in mean, Oklahoma. Yeah, the, so, booyah. Yeah. KU's ranked in football, and they just beat Oklahoma for the first time since 1997. Some of the people listening to this podcast were not alive the last time that that happened. And honestly, yeah. I'm surprised they did it in 1997. I, I, what happened to it was OU? It's the first that time year? they've beat. Uh, it's the first time they've beat Oklahoma in KU since 1985, I believe is what it was, or 86, somewhere in there. So like, even I wasn't longer even alive. Than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's crazy what they've done. And it's the other crazy part about this is like, oh, Kansas has been so close to beating them, like the last two or three matchups mm-hmm. too. It feels like. You know, that Caleb Williams who just steals the ball and falls over to get the yep. first down is like, well, is that a lateral, like a forward one? Since he took the ball from his own teammate to convert on the fourth down. And I believe last year was a close game as well. And so you finally just made it happen. And your yep. quarterback, boy, he tried really hard for you guys to lose because it was like two drives in a row. That dude's throwing an interception. And then that third opportunity, third time's a charm. Fourth and 16, mm-hmm. throws like a, a 60-yard bomb. Well, it turned into a 60-yard bomb. It was more like a 20-yard throw across the, the right side, middle of the field, right middle of the field. Guy turns around, just heads up field with it. But then next play, you run right up the middle, and you go score off of it, and then you're able to get stops on defense. Like You just you love to see it if you're Kansas, and I'm excited for him, excited for the university. I'm right there with you. Um, and now heading into the college football playoff here, the top 25 are going to come out uh, tomorrow night. Is that what you said? Um, yeah. And we're pretty much sitting here looking at who's going to be in and who's out. And right now is, is assuming what the top four is going to be, which makes the most sense, of course. Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia leaving out Washington. And then you have here as well the Big 12. But mm-hmm. I'm saying this. Slow down because Texas still has a chance. Sarkeesian said it today. You know, he's still holding a lot of pride in that win over Alabama, and I get it. But y'all got to start smoking some people if you want in. But I still oh, do. Yeah. I think Texas still does have a chance. Yeah, I, I, they do have a chance. But for now, uh, like Washington, I think Washington deserves to be in the top four. I don't think they will be. But like their win over Oregon 
I don't know if you can find a better win in college football than what they have right there against Oregon because they're they're so good. And I mean, you can you have you've even tried to make a case like Oregon might be a top five team. They just happen to lose mm-hmm. to another team that's really good. But I think tomorrow night when we see the college football playoff top twenty five come out, I do think Florida State gets in. They've got an impressive win as well over LSU, Michigan, and Ohio State. I think they are in. Because the committee wants that showdown. You want that top four matchup. And you know one of these teams is getting eliminated, but you still want them ranked 2-3, if not 1-2. Like, I honestly would not be surprised at all if Michigan is ranked number one tomorrow night and Ohio State is ranked number two uh, on Halloween night. So I, I think that could be a happening just because they always do this. They, they look for those little matchups. And you have Ohio State-Michigan. They're going to play each other at the end of November. I, I think they could put them in there just based off of one of these teams is going to lose, so it's okay. We'll put them both in there, even though maybe they don't both deserve to be in there. Washington should be. Yeah. But they know one of them is going to get knocked out. And then Washington will get their spot where they deserve in the top four. I, I, but I think that's who's going to be in, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State. And then Georgia. I, Georgia's not looked great this year. I, I guess you're the champ until somebody beats you. They're undefeated this year, but they just have not looked dominant. This has been a very weird year for college football where you don't have a a team that's running the table like Georgia has the past two years or what we've seen in Alabama or, you know, years past. LSU running the table on people. You don't have any teams like that. Even Washington, I really like Washington. They've looked pretty bad over the last two weeks. Ohio State, like... They're beating teams defensively. I, that doesn't look pretty. Uh, Georgia, who knows? They, most people can't name a star on Georgia's offense. But they might be the best team in college football. And like Florida State, they, they've got the star power. They've got some good wins. That's why I have them at number one. And then the Big 12, is right now they're out. But like you said, Texas still has a chance. Oklahoma still has a chance. K-State still has a chance. I think Iowa State even still has a chance to win the Big 12. So that one is just, it's wide open right now. And you could see see Oklahoma or Texas. I think if either one of those teams could really show out and have a good uh, performance over the next month, then they could probably make a case for the, the top four for the playoff. But it's just, it's not very likely since you already have those one losses and these other teams in front of you are all undefeated. So looking, you we, we spent a lot of time talking about Washington there. Their upcoming schedule, USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. Do you think they have any yeah. chance of beating or, excuse me, losing to USC? Like, of course, the chance is always there. But, like, maybe I should ask it this way. Do you think USC has a chance to beat Washington? Because no. they have back-to-back losses. They And they look so bad defensively. Like, I wrote about it this week even, and I said that the USC defense lost the Heisman for Caleb Williams because he has been better this year than he was last year. But they have two losses. The defense looks like trash. It's just not going to happen for him this year. And I think that this is a game where Washington has a bounce back and that offense starts clicking again, and they probably put up big numbers against USC. Now, I think USC can also put up points against them. Uh, whatever the over the over under set at seventy six in that game, I was gonna say smash the over, but that's a lot of points. I would still take it. I would take the over. I, I think that both teams can score forty. This might be one of those games that goes into overtime, or you might see Washington just come out and put up sixty. 
So I, I feel confident. They take the over. Over 76. Might sound a little crazy, but it's the Pac-12. And that's what happens out there. Can't help but wonder if I lost you. 40 minutes in. I can't hear you. <laughs> 